Good evening and welcome to the Super Happy Radio Hour. Okay, can I have everyone's attention, please? Uh, <clears throat> thank you. In a moment, the judge will arrive, and I will instruct you all to stand. You will remain standing until the judge directs you to be seated. Please be quiet, orderly, pay attention, and most important, be respectful. This is a court of law, not a place of frivolity. <clears throat> all rise. U.S. District Court 17 is now in session. Judge Ephraim D. Mental presiding. I wish you wouldn't do that. Excuse me, sir? Judge Ephraim D. Mental presiding. These people aren't going to take me seriously with an introduction like that. Oh, sir, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, people who get introduced like that are always tyrannical villains or hated historical military figures. I'm a judge. I'm just a normal working stiff. I'm not Hitler. Well, of course, you're not Hitler, sir. Then I please just... don't entice these people to think I'm Hitler. <laughs> if they think it, I'm Hitler, it, it makes my job very difficult. Yes, sir. I really need them on my side here. Yeah, yes, sir. Good. Okay, so what do we have? Some kind of domestic dispute? Uh, sort of. Sort of. It's, it's complicated. It's complicated. Why does it always have to be complicated? Are there at least two parties involved who don't see eye to eye? Yes, sir. And this disagreement was born on American soil? Yes, sir. Domestic dispute. See how easy that was? Why do people always want to make things so unnecessarily complicated? Your Honor, if I may. That depends. Who the hell are you? <laughs> Your Honor, I'm with... You know, you can't just come into my courtroom, approach the bench, and address the court. You have to be a lawyer or an official or something. Yeah. Well, we uh, have to keep an order to these things so they run smoothly. Constant interruptions to the process undermines our ability to keep that order. I understand, Your Honor, which is why, if you I You know that district attorney does this crap all the time, too, and it really raises my level of festivity. What's her name? Uh, Annie, Alex, Amber? Teresa. Teresa, that's it. She's constantly with the, Your Honor, if I may, and objection this, and blah, 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 that. You know, we, we could be out of here inside of an hour if she didn't have to question every little thing, but, well, she's the DA, so what are you going to do? Your Honor. I will say she's got style and presence, though. And there's something about the way she wears her hair, projects a certain confidence. Oh, the way that long hair of hers frames those tailored suits is just really swell. You know, you can learn a lot from her, Missy. She would have told you that hairstyle does absolutely nothing for you. That pixie, <laughs> that pixie bob haircut, shoddy hair dye, it just screams. I am District Attorney Teresa McMaxwell, Your Honor. No. <laughs> yes, Your Honor. Oh my God, it is you. You sound so different. Did you change your hair? Yes, Your Honor, I changed my hair. Huh, somehow makes you look shorter. I don't look shorter, Your Honor. You have not instructed the courtroom to be seated yet. That's what I've been trying to tell you. Oh, yes, of course. All be seated, please. Ah, yeah, that is better. Your height, I mean, not your hair. That's still terrible. <laughs> and what are you doing here anyway? This is a domestic dispute. Why does the state attorney's office need to get involved? It's a bit more than a simple domestic dispute case, Your Honor. It's complicated. Complicated, yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. Your Honor. Told you. All right, Johnson, let it go. Schwartz, sir. What? My name is Schwartz, sir, not Johnson. Really? You don't look like a Schwartz. Sorry, sir. Do I look like a Johnson? Well, not my Johnson, but... <laughs> Generally speaking... Your Honor, if I may... Of course. Please continue, Miss McMaxwell. Your Honor, the state has become involved in this case because... 
Well, the state feels the defendant's crimes not only surpass a mere infraction of personal rights, but constitute nothing less than an affront to the indomitable all fabric. All right, all right, all right. Whoa there, Matlock. Just slow you down your rolling thing there. Johnson here runs a little short on vocabulary words. Indubitably. Your Honor, perhaps I can shed some light on this subject. And you are? Dexter Levi Felipe Maldine de Campos III, but you can call me Charlie. Charlie? Yes. Just checking. Okay. What is your stake in all this, Charlie? I'm counsel for the defense. I'm also D.A. McMaxwell's soon-to-be ex-husband. Interesting. And you don't see a conflict of interest here? Uh, I'm not a fan of the new haircut either, so no conflict there. Fair enough. Your Honor, I object. You should have told that to your stylist. No! Your Honor, I object to my soon-to-be ex-husband as counsel for the defense. It's a clear conflict of interest. And I'd like him removed from the room. She said that same thing on our very first date. (laughs) And on our wedding night, if I recall. Uh, That's adorable. Indeed. Listen, Charlie, if that is your real name. It isn't. Ms. McMaxwell here thinks you being in a poison council might be a problem due to your soon-to-be postmarital experience with the alleged DA. Alleged? Your Honor! Of course. Strike alleged from the record. Her alleged, not mine. Now, Charlie, if I may ask, is your pending divorce mutually agreed upon? Upon what? Fair point. Strike the question. That, that's two strikes, Your Honor. Thank you, Johnson. Noted. Mr. The Third, during your marriage, did you argue over every little thing? Oh, yes, sir. Fought like cats and Methodists from day one. I see. And how long have you been married? Three weeks, sir. Excellent. Ms. McMaxwell, do you corroborate Charlie's statements? Yes, Your Honor, I suppose I do. Hmm. So, you have experience arguing with each other and a mutual desire to get it over with quickly. Yes, Your Honor. So what's the problem? Point taken, Your Honor. I retract my objection. Good. I retract my alleged. Now, let's get on with this. What is this all about? Your Honor, today I intend to demonstrate to the court how one man's cruel and despicable deeds has cost the city over $200,000 in property damage, costing no less than nine people bodily harm and destroyed a state monument. What a dick. Well said, Charlie. I agree. Who is this fiend of an individual? Tell us, for he certainly must be kept from freely sucking down fast food cheeseburgers that are more deserving of a better class of citizen. His name is Dexter Levi Felipe Maldine de Campos. That's you. Wait, it might not be. The third. Oh yeah, well let's meet him. I see. So am I to believe you are representing yourself in this case? It's a free country, Your Honor. You can believe what you want. <laughs> as wildly untrue as both of those statements are. <laughs> I'm still inclined to hear your response to these allegations. The DA here has painted you with quite an unflattering brush. Well, Ms. McMaxwell is a fantastic lawyer, but a terrible artist. I bring her ability to paint into question. Ms. McMaxwell, is this true? I have been known to go outside the lines, Your Honor. Hmm. How are you with connecting the dots? I know a constellation when I see one. Touche. Your Honor, the defense would also like to bring to the bench a countersuit. Well, this is becoming complicated. Go on, Charlie, what's your take on all this? Your Honor, I intend to illustrate to the court that the damage was not caused by me, but by the reckless acts of another far more insidious entity. Not only are they responsible for the aforementioned damage, but also caused a puppy, a level of emotional anguish no amount of whoobies will ever placate. Out with it, man. Can't you hear the anticipation sucking the air out of the room? Who is this abject failure of a human being? One Ms. Teresa Levi Felipe Maldine de Campos III hyphen McMaxwell. Ooh. Really? You didn't see that coming? 
Okay, Ms. The Third hyphen, Ms. Maxwell. I take it you're representing yourself as well? No, Your Honor, just myself. Okay, very well then. Let's get this Greek tragedy started. Why don't you call your first witness? Thank you, Your Honor. If it pleases the court, I'd like to call Dexter DeCampos III to the stand. The court appears to be pleased. Point goes to Ms. McMaxwell. <clears throat> Mr. DeCampos, please raise your right hand. N no, your other right hand. Oh, sorry, forgot my reading glasses. No worries. <laughs> Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? <laughs> no need to think of me as a God, Johnson. <laughs> I'm just a regular guy trying to make his way in the world best he can, but I understand the confusion, and all is forgiven. Bless you, Your Holiness. Please be seated. <laughs> <clears throat> now... Mr. DeCampos, can you please tell the court your whereabouts and what you were doing on the evening of October 20th at approximately 10.15 p.m.? Of course. As I recall, I was home by myself performing oral sex on Ms. McMaxwell here while reading Chekhov and enjoying a fine brandy. All at the same time? I'm ambidextrous. Oh, well, that explains it. <laughs> Proceed. Thank you, Your Honor. And after you brought me to my fifth orgasm of the evening, isn't it true that you decided to grab your golf clubs and go to the roof for a little driving practice? Yes, I find hitting a few balls into the cool evening air relaxes me. I see. And isn't it true that those balls flew willy-nilly across the downtown area, causing havoc wherever they landed? Your Honor, I object to this line of questioning. Prosecution's allegations are conjecture at best, and my balls have never flown willy or nilly. Wow. <laughs> Thank God for small favors. <laughs> Ms. McMaxwell, you will have to show causality and intent here. Oh, I will, Your Honor. I intend to prove beyond shadow of doubt that the defendant's balls are a scourge to society. <sighs> that his balls have violated basic human rights and infringe upon the safety of decent citizens. Your Honor, there's no proof that my balls are responsible for the damage done that evening. They could have been anyone's balls. Mine, yours... Hers. You leave my balls out of this. It's all right, Miss McMaxwell. We all have our crosses to bear. But get to the point, please. Yes, Your Honor. Of course. Mr. DeCampos, is this your golf ball? Is it a Titleist Pro V1X, one of the finest golf balls money can buy? No. Yes, it's probably mine. Your Honor, this very ball entered the downtown area's atmosphere at approximately 10.22 p.m. on the evening in question, striking a Mr. David Hofflerwitz on the head. Dear God, is he okay? As it turns out, he's fine, Your Honor. Seems the speed and trajectory of the ball created a one-in-a-million perfect storm. When he awoke from his short coma, his vision had returned to 2020, and his stutter of over 30 years just disappeared. Quite a miracle, actually. Well done, Charlie. Thank you, Your Honor. I have devoted my life to the betterment of society. I'm always happy to do my small part. And we thank you for your service. Well, Miss District Attorney, it seems like Charlie here could have been more careful, but, you know, this is hardly... Your Honor, there's more to this story. Yeah, there always is. Proceed, but be quick about it. The absurd premise of this sketch has almost run its course. Agreed, Your Honor. After this ball struck Mr. Hofflerwitz, it then bounced into Main Street, striking the windshield of a 1977 Oldsmobile, driven by Constance Piffling, causing her to swerve and crash into the front window of Lil Dickey's 24-hour Gelato Palace and Slot Car Emporium, <laughs> causing serious bodily damage to seven individuals. When Miss Piffling exited the car in a daze, she failed to deploy a method of securing the vehicle, which then rolled backwards downhill for nine blocks until it finally plowed into and destroyed the 100-year-old monument in the middle of City Plaza. Holy sheep dip. 
Charlie, what do you have to say for yourself now? I cannot confirm or deny any of these events took place, nor can I confirm that I deny them. But for the record, Little Dickie's 24-hour gelato palace and slot car emporium turned out to be a front for organized crime. Miss Piffling's car managed to take down seven of the largest heroin kingpins in the city, breaking many of their legs and leaving others unconscious, which, as you can imagine, made local law enforcement's job much easier. Indeed. And Miss Piffling? She walked away from the accident with only minor abrasions. In fact, she was able to buy her first new car in 20 years thanks to the insurance money and a substantial donation from the ACLU in appreciation for single-handedly removing a Confederate monument from the heart of our city. <laughs> I believe she drives a Ferrari now. <laughs> Outstanding. Man, it must be good to be you, Charlie. <laughs> well... I'd never say that my life is better than anyone else, but if anyone else had my life, it would be just a bit better. Ugh. No further questions, Your Honor. Wise choice. Your turn, Charlie. What do you got? Your Honor, I'd like to bring a surprise witness to the stand. <gasps> I love surprises! Well, except when I think I'm going to make a guess and it turns out to be a solid. Yeah, we've all been there, Your Honor. <laughs> I'd like to present a witness whose testimony is crucial to the proper framing of this case. If it pleases the court... I'd like to call Mr. Sprinkles to the stand. Oh, the court is very pleased. Two points to Mr. DeCampos. <clears throat> Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Good dog. <laughs> Your Honor, Mr. Sprinkles here lives with Ms. McMaxwell and myself. On the night in question he made quite a startling discovery. He discovered his chew toy given to him by Ms. McMaxwell was in fact a golf ball and not the hard rubber super bounce balls he was accustomed to. No, those balls were in my golf bag as Ms. McMaxwell had given them to me as a gift for my birthday. Mr. Sprinkles here chipped a tooth on that golf ball causing him great pain and mental anguish. He's been self-conscious about smiling ever since. Our countersuit seeks a ludicrous amount of money and compensatory damages to Mr. Sprinkles' dental work and therapy. Your Honor, permission to treat Mr. Sprinkles as a hostile witness? Sustained. Who's a bad dog? You're a bad dog. Bad, bad dog. Okay, okay, that'll be enough. No need to go ape and beating a dead horse by badgering that puppy. Of course, Your Honor. To the dear sweet members of this court, I propose, if District Attorney McMaxwell had not switched those balls, none of the aforementioned damage would ever have occurred. What can I say? You see enough balls, they all start to look the same. I'm going to have to take your word for that. <laughs> well, let me see if I understand all of this correctly. Due to Ms. McMaxwell's inability to discern whose ball she was handling, Mr. DeCampos hit what he thought was a normal golf ball. Due to the ball having far more flight time and bounce than a normal golf ball, it went off course, causing a man to be cured of poor eyesight and stuttering, single-handedly took heroin off the streets, replaced the woman's P.O.S. Oldsmobile with a new Ferrari, and rid our city of a culturally insensitive public monument. Is that correct? Yes, yes Your, Your Honor. Honor. That all sounds like a win to me. Seems like the only real victim here is Mr. Sprinkles. No truer words have been spoken. The court finds in favor of Mr. Sprinkles. The two of you are sentenced to life in marriage. You obviously deserve each other. Jointly, you will cover the expenses of Mr. Sprinkles' dental work, therapy sessions, and a lifetime supply of whoobies. You are quite welcome. Well, that's enough damage for one day. Justice has been served. This court is now adjourned. All rise. District Court 17 is now dismissed. Please don't forget to sign the guest book on your way out, and please find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tinder.
And now a trailer for an exciting new film project from Super Happy Productions. In a world where Bojangles chicken and biscuits reign supreme, a new threat appears on the horizon. Mr. Bo President, the joint bows of staff have detected a new threat. Oh my god. This is serious. Bow serious. Bow is it? The bow terrorists have developed a bow of mass destruction. You don't bow. Oh, I do bow. They built a bowberry bomb. Jesus, bowing Christ. Bow alert the media. We're taking the bow level to threat level five. Where's the bow lady? She needs to be safe. She's on Air Bow One, headed to secure vocation. Adam, I think we kind of need to stop this sketch. What's wrong? I'm having second thoughts about this. You are? Yeah. I don't think we're going to get any sort of advertisement deal from Bojangles. And uh, I, I just think randomly shotgunning out like advertisements isn't working for us, so we we should just be done. We sh so so I, should I just um, just yeah, we should just leave the stage. Oh, okay. sorry. Hello? Yes, this is Nara Thumbsicle? Yes, yes, I'm, I'm looking at the reports right now. Uh, the downturn in quarter three should have been anticipated. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not blaming you vis-a-vis -vis your failure. Come in, it's open. Listen, don't, don't start with the tears. This is no time to cry. Ho, ho, ho! <laughs> All right, listen, I've got to go. The big guy's here. Mr. Claus, thank you for meeting with me today. Ho, 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 ho! Merry Christmas! Um, Mr. Claus, it's, it's late January. Christmas was almost a month ago. Ho, 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 ho! What's all with this Mr. Claus stuff? Please, Nara, call me Santa. <laughs> As head of human resources, I would rather keep things professional, Mr. Claus. But Nara... And I would prefer that you refer to me by my last name. <laughs> but of course, it's um, Miss or Mrs. or... Thumbsickle. 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 Did you forget my last name? Oh, what? No, I, it's just I uh, just... Slipped out of your mind? That's it, yeah. <laughs> Even though it's written on my door? Well, you know... The door that you knocked on? Well, I must have not noticed it, Plus, so. it's written plainly on the nameplate on my desk. My eyes are weaker than they once were, so. yeah. Yeah. You've said that before. <clears throat> That's why I replaced all of my nameplates with oversized ones designed to be read at 30 feet away. Look, I think we've gotten off on the wrong foot here. Let's just start over, okay? Certainly. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Miss Thumbsuckle. 
it's never too early to be thinking about next Christmas. So uh, tell me, have you been a good girl so far? Or uh... That question is irrelevant. <laughs> Beg pardon? <laughs> Two things. I'm 37 years old, which precludes me from being referred to as a girl. And your international surveillance moral judgment of my character due to the fact that I am not a child Hence, you should have no interest in any of my extracurricular activities. Ho, 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 such mighty words. Why don't you come over here and sit on my lap and we can talk about what comes up, you know? It's... I will not be sitting on your lap, especially after the incident at the employee Christmas party. What party? What incident are you referring to? Four different female employees reported to me how you propositioned each sexually. I never ask for sex from any employee. No, you didn't specifically ask for sex. Mm -hmm. You said, and I quote, I want to unwrap you like a present under the tree. Ho, 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 I did say that, but it was all in good fun. It's not fun when it comes from a superior. Oh, they knew it was a joke. It's just... Two of the victims were in tears as they told me about their stories. <laughs> well, women, particular elven girls, can be a bit, shall we say, hysterical. They're kind of a slave to their emotions. You see, it's biology. They tear up watching the Hallmark Channel. I can't do it. Okay, you're being extremely sexist right now. I am not. I am being honest. Trust me, you've only been here a short while. These elven girls are always crying about something or another. And Look, don't try and Santa-splain this away. <laughs> and yes, many have cried to me about a lot of things. Ah, you see? Such as having their immigration status revoked if they don't keep quiet. Oh, oh no. <laughs> They mentioned that, did they? Yes. Fuck. <laughs> now, Mr. Claus, you are in a great deal of trouble. <clears throat> trouble? What, what, what kind of trouble? <laughs> the kind of trouble that could jeopardize this entire organization. I'd like to remind you who hired you. At the insistence of your board of directors after you took Santa Co. Public. The board of directors. <laughs> They're such grinches. Yes, and those guys are extremely risk adverse. Well, fine. What shall I do to make this all go away? It's, it's not all going away. It's going into your permanent file. Her permanent file? Yes. But at this stage, if you agree to a few conditions, your position should be secure for the time being. Oh, conditions. Great. What sort of conditions? First of all, you need to attend mandatory classes on diversity and sexual harassment. Attend classes? Yes, and from now on, you are not allowed to be alone with another female. <laughs> I'm alone with you, aren't I? <laughs> as long as the door is open, you are fine. Sorry, sorry. Now, if you follow these conditions, the board will approve you staying on in your position. Staying on in my position? I don't have a position. Well, according to the board, you do. Again with the board of directors. I should have banished them months ago. Are you making a threat? No, I'm making a promise. Claus, you need to lower your voice. Enough of this soft speech, open dialogue. You are not doing yourselves any favor. 
You act as if you're some sort of king and that this is your castle and that you're simply a CEO of an admittedly different type of company. Oh, I'm so much more than a king or an emperor or a CEO. I'm more than a human, more than Superman. I'm an elemental forged into existence at the dawn of time and I say unto you, you have no jurisdiction over me of any kind. With a flick of the wrist, I shall destroy this very building. I could kill you with my mind. I could banish you in this entire planet into the bedeviled dimension. But for my mercy, I am a dramatic god. I am Saint Nicholas. I am Father Christmas. I am Santa fucking Claus. Kneel before me, you pretentious simian. Kneel before your better. Kneel before me in the supplication I deserve from such a lesser being. Just a second. (laughs) Janet, yeah, would you send Sally in, please? Thanks. Mr. Claus, this is exactly what I'm talking about. This assumption that since you have a success of sort... (laughs) Of sort? (laughs) Let me finish. Since you've had some success in life... I am eternal! Yeah, you said that. But you seem to think that the rules do not apply to you. Well, they do. Come in. Oh, hi, Sally. Hi, Auntie Nara. Thanks for bringing me up to the North Pole. Ho, 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 ho. Who's this delightful little scamp? (laughs) This is my niece, Sally. Well, hello there, Sally. Hello. Who are you? (laughs) Who am I? I, I'm Santa Claus. Sure you are. No, no, I am Santa Claus. Well, I'm sure you are whenever you're being paid to be Santa, but I'd rather not talk to someone playing make-believe. Ow! Ah, sweet Jiminy Christmas. It's, Looks like uh, Grandpa here is having an episode. Ah! Ah, what's, what's happening? Yeah, you're losing oh. your power due to Sally's lack of belief. Oh. You don't believe in Santa, do you, Sally? Nope, I don't believe in Santa, the Easter Bunny, the Illuminati, or that Donald Trump has a real penis. <laughs> you see, Santa... You may not be Superman, but you still have something akin to kryptonite. Children who don't believe in you. Do you need a doctor? No, Sally, I need you to believe. That's not gonna happen. (laughs) That's the thing about you men who think you are so powerful. I am not a man. Again, you said that. Power is an illusion that only works when one believes in that power. I certainly don't, and more importantly, neither does Sally. You're just a dirty old man. I will destroy you. Again with the threats. I guess you'll just have to talk to the district attorney then. You're taking me to the mainland to prosecute me? No, I mean the elven DA. Oh God, you mean Jingles. (laughs) Curse him in his sanctimonious ways. Regardless, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah! Hello, Janet? Let District Attorney Jingles know that the big guy is ready to be questioned. No, he's pretty weak. Just make sure to always have a jaded kid around at all times. At least until you put him away. Yes, yes, yes. Two tickets to Paradise Island. You have the seats confirmed? Great, great. And the flight leaves at one. Excellent. Yes, I'll have my passport. I can't leave the country without a passport. (laughs) Okay, I will. Okay. Thank you.
Yes? Your 11 o'clock appointment is here, Dr. Spalding. Ah, the Warners, of course. Thank you. Send them right in. Yes, Dr. Spalding. Jean, thank you for coming. Tammy's told me a great deal about you. Oh, well, Tammy's not quite told me as much about you. It's nice to meet you. Likewise. And Tammy, good to see you again. You as well, Dr. Spalding. Well, let's get started, shall we? Please, have a seat. Jean, I've been seeing your wife for some time now, and she's been pretty open about the marital difficulties you two are experiencing. You've been married for how many years now? It's been four years now, Doctor. Four years? Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good haul. Now, when did wait, wait, you... Wait, wait, wait. No, no, it, it, it's not been four years. It's, it's been almost eight. Almost eight? I don't think so, no. But, but, <laughs> no. but, but, it, but it has. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we were married in 2010. It's now 20, 2018. So, in fact, we'd have been married seven years this year. So, it's almost eight years, yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> wow. Eight years. Eight years come this July. Yes, eight no, years. No, 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 no. Eight years, not in July. It won't be eight years in July because we were married in September. September 11th, actually. Can't imagine how you couldn't remember that. <laughs> See, doctor? You see, it's like I was telling you, he can never be wrong. He has to be right all the time. It's okay, Tammy. There's, there's are always two perspectives in a relationship. Understanding is the cornerstone to any lasting relationship. The key to understanding is finding a way to bridge how each perspective informs the relationship. It's not a question of right or wrong. Well, that makes sense. Thank you, Jean. So let me ask, why do you have to be right all the time? Well, uh, I don't have to be right all the time. Right there. See how you corrected me? I, I, I wasn't correcting you. You did it again. <laughs> I did what again? Don't try and confuse the issue. I'm not trying to confuse the issue. Again with the correction. I am so confused. You see, doctor, he won't stop doing it's it. It's all right, Tammy. Gene. Can you appreciate how insistence on being right makes you seem smug and condescending? It creates walls, not bridges. Well, I, I think it's... Well, well, just because I know the date of our anniversary doesn't mean I'm smug, does it? You tell me. <laughs> no. Why won't you tell me, Gene? <laughs> I did tell you. Oh, my God! The arrogance! You are such a Yankee! <laughs> but, but I was born and raised in Georgia. Duh! That is why I called you a Yankee. Yeah, yeah but, but, a, but a Yankee is a, a term used to describe someone from above the Mason-Dixon line. And seeing as how you were born and raised in New Jersey, it'd be more accurate to call you a Yankee. Oh, the insults! Uh, doctor, do you see what I have to deal with? No, no, I'm just saying, by definition... Gene, why don't you take it down a notch? Take it, take it down? Why are you so angry, Gene? But I'm, I'm, I'm not. I, Your aggression creates a wall, Gene. We're not here to build walls. We're here to build bridges. Now, let's get to understanding your need to be right all the time. I, I don't think I need to be right all the time. Either I'm right or I'm wrong, and when I'm saying when I'm wrong, I admit it. So you admit you're wrong. Well, of, of course, no one's right all the time. Good, that's very good. Start to be wrong, Gene. Embrace that wrongness. You've had a breakthrough, Gene. I'm very proud of you. Good job, doctor. Thank you. 
What? <laughs> now that you're starting to understand your failures, let's talk about why you feel the marriage has been troubled. When do you feel the trouble began? Well, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. It's I know it's difficult, but talking about this openly is the only way to get to the heart of the issues. Communication is the cornerstone to building any lasting relationship. Take your time, but do keep in mind I charge by the hour. Uh, okay. Well, to start, Tammy cheated on me. <gasps> Jean! Oh, that hurts! But, oh, that really hurts! But, but, but you, you cheated on, on, on me. That, that hurt me. Oh, you uh, know? <laughs> you know the world does not revolve around you. I have feelings, too. We're talking about us. Not just you and your talk hurts me. The Why do you want to hurt Tammy, Jean? Oh, <laughs> wait, wait, what? Emotional pain is very real, like, like a spear. And like a spear, emotional pain is also sharp. So what you're doing is throwing spears of emotional pain at Tammy's soul. Oh, my poor soul! Could I see your therapist license? <laughs> Not right now. So tell us, why must you throw poison spears at Tammy's soul? Well, because I saw her making out with some guy I didn't know. Because I, I, I saw them enter his apartment. Uh, I saw her exit the apartment an hour later with musty hair and wrinkled clothes. And... You see, doctor, it's just like I told you. He won't give me any space. He has no respect for my privacy. Jean. Don't you see how important it is for Tammy to be her own person, with her own time, without you stalking her? Stalking? I, I, I wasn't, but, but, but she cheated on me, and... Are you sure? Well, she just admitted it. Did she? I shouldn't remember her saying that. Besides, have you seen the man in question? Could you pick him out of a police lineup? Well, no, I don't know who he was. So he may not even be real. No, no. He is real. I just didn't get a good look, but I don't know. I guess he was uh, about your age, height, uh, your hair color, and he wore a, he wore this ill-fitting plaid jacket, like like the one you have on. Really? Uh, yeah. Did you get a good look at his face? No, not really. Good. That's good. <laughs> why, 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 why is that good? Um, because it could fuel your paranoid fantasies. Paranoid? <laughs> I'm not paranoid. Only paranoid people say they're not paranoid, Gene. I'm sure you can see that. Not, not really, no. Gene, I'd like to try an exercise with you. Will that be okay? I, I guess so. This is an exercise in trust. Trust is the cornerstone of any lasting relationship. Yeah, I, I suppose. Gene, how much cash do you have on you? Well, I... I just cashed my paycheck, I don't know, about $1,600. Awesome. I mean, thank you for your honesty. Honesty is the cornerstone of any lasting relationship. But, but I thought trust Gene, I'm trying to help, and if you keep interrupting me, that makes my job all the more difficult. Sorry. Now, please give me your wallet. But my wallet? Yes, this is about trust. Uh, okay, here. Good job. We're really making some great progress here. This is your bank card, correct? Yeah. And the PIN code? What? My PIN? Why, why, why do you trust, need... Trust, Gene. You must learn to trust. Okay. 
0513. <laughs> Tammy's birthday. That's easy enough to remember. Now, Gene, I'm going to take your wallet, your bank card, your cash, and your wife, and we're going to leave you here. Where, where are you going? Lunch. Oh, well, I'm kind of hungry, too. Can I go? Ah, trust. You stay here, right here, till we return. We'll bring you back a sandwich. Okay? Trust me. Oh, okay. Did you bring your passport? Yes, doctor. Fantastic. Now, Gene, what you need to do now is use this time to contemplate. Contemplate? Yes, Gene, contemplate. Search your innermost feelings and focus on discovering the true nature and root causes of your inability to trust, communicate, and understand. Okay, well, for how long? You want to save your relationship with Tammy, don't you? Yeah, I, I suppose. Well, then time is irrelevant, wouldn't you say? <laughs> Let's go, baby. I sure hope they bring me a sandwich. It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life and committing acts of murder. A widespread investigation of talking about. I, no, I really don't. Look, Bex, No, please. of course you wouldn't. You never had to work at it. <laughs> what? Work at it? Brains. Do you mind? I'm talking here. Brains. You know, everyone always liked you more, even Dad. He always called you his little princess. And what did I get? The Bexter. Beccarino. Oh, and my favorite, Beck Beck Goose. That's not fair. You know Dad. I mean, Jesus! You even wake up pretty. Huh? Come on, Bex. Brains! Brains! Yeah, 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 brains. That's what they all say, but clearly that's not what you were interested in. You know, you guys are all the same. You're not fooling anyone. Rebecca, now may not be the time. You know, you're the reason I never brought any boyfriends home. What? Oh, don't get all humble and shit. You know what I mean. Bex, you're not making sense. That one time, I brought home Daryl, and he saw you. And for the rest of the night, he wouldn't stop talking about you. Oh, so tell me about your sister. What is she like? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Rebecca, zombies, for Christ's sake. Stay focused. We need to... <laughs> oh, thank God. People. Are you ladies okay? And who the hell are you? I am a Marine, and I am... Oh, my God! Thank you. you! You saved us! Thank you! Well, glad to be of service, ma'am. Oh, for Christ's sakes. Look, I have a vehicle outside... And let and me can... guess, you only have room for one of us. Well, Jesse, you might as well go because we all know who he's going to pick. Actually, there's plenty of room See, for You know everybody. what? You know what? Go. Just go. I'll just stay here and wait to be eaten. 
Or I can take you both with me. Yeah, that would be awesome, because being a third wheel is just so much fun. Okay. This is awkward. Bex, I can't leave you. You're my sister. You were adopted. What? Yep. Adopted. Well, okay, look, um, so there's uh, more of those things that are coming, so we should just, you know, get to going. Uh, uh, you guys can work this out on the way, all right? As if. But go, just ride off into the sunset with Thor here and start a family of sexy zombie killers. I'll be just fine. Okay, if you say so. Let's go. Yeah, right this way. <laughs> Hey, gorgeous, my name is Corporal Lance McLarge. You do you want to be rescued? Brains. Where'd the other girl go? The bar is nice enough. Charming is a word that comes to mind. Modern, with plenty of wood and exposed brick. Giving the feel of a much older establishment. The bar itself is about 20 feet ahead and runs the length of the back wall. It looks to be made of real mahogany. There is only one bartender, and his expression indicates he has spent hours trying to keep up with the demand. The crowd is diverse in ages and ethnicities, but the majority are squarely middle class. Most in here are couples and groups, but there is a woman at the bar who appears to be alone and frustrated. Hmm. Well then, here goes nothing. Excuse me, can I get a white Russian? There he goes. Great, I'll be here half an hour before I get a drink. Excuse me. The woman looks to be about 30. She has short blonde hair and is a bit plain looking, but definitely doable. I'm sorry, did you just say I was doable? Uh, may I get that drink for you? Hang on a second, this guy just dissed me. The woman squares her shoulders as if she's about to fight but tentatively looks about for her friends. I don't need my friends. What's your problem, buddy? I'm sorry, I should explain. Good luck with that. I'm blind, and he's my aide. The woman brushes her bangs from her face. So that gives him the right to talk about me? I, I'm sorry. He's my descriptive audio. The hell does that mean? Well, he goes places with me and describes things. Like I said, I'm blind. You mean like in the movies? The woman softens a bit. Exactly. Just like the special headphones that you can wear in the movies so that sight-impaired people can see the action. The woman turns back toward the bar. Oh. Well, that's weird, but okay. Just don't mess with me anymore. I understand. It can take some getting used to. Just talk to me. Don't talk directly to him. He's trained to only interact with me. Trained? You're not one of those like creepy guys who are into freaky stuff like whips and ropes and clown porn. <laughs> no, I assure you, it's nothing like that. My aide here is a professional. This is a job like any other job. People are hired to be sign language interpreters all the time. This is no different. My aide here should be thought of no differently than a seeing eye dog. Well, I suppose that makes sense. Sorry, no offense. None taken. So, I was asking, can I buy you that drink? Yeah, 
Okay, sure. It'd be my pleasure. The woman surreptitiously looks Mark up and down, sizing him up for sexual prowess. What? No. Hey, can a blind guy get some service at this bar? Oh, man, uh, I'm really sorry. What can I get for you? The bartender, dressed like he works very hard not to appear that he cares, approaches Mark. Hey, what the fuck? I uh, will have whatever stout you have on tap, and the lady will have a white Russian. Uh, do you want to start a tab? The bartender looks not at Mark, but instead at the woman's breasts, imagining cradling them and suckling them like a newborn. Hey, Pow! What the fuck? Try not to... Try not to address my aid, please. Just act like he's not even here. No, no tab, please. Here's some cash. Keep reasonable change. <laughs> okay, sorry, miss. I, I promise I wasn't staring at your breasts. I'll, I'll be back with those drinks in a minute. The bartender walks off sheepishly, realizing the first time the true meaning of cock-blocked. Look, I don't mind you buying me a drink, this is a little too creepy for me. Please, just ignore him. Remember, I can't see, so I rely on help. Please. My name's Mark, by the way. Denise. Denise extends her hand and Mark shakes it. Denise grips firmly, showcasing a certain mannishness. What? Ignore him. Me, Mark, just talk to me. Okay, I'll try. Thank you. So, Denise, what do you do when you're not here catching the eyes of blind men? <laughs> Denise has a beautiful twinkle in her eye when her smile is genuine, and her dimples are adorable. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. It's okay. You were saying? Uh, I'm a teacher, K through five. It's truly rewarding work. Her go-to expression is a rehearsed gleam of pride and hope in her career, yet underneath... Sadness, <laughs> regrets, repressed anger, and yes, sadness. Well, uh, it's not without its uh, challenges, I guess. So, what do you do, Mark? <laughs> I'm an airline pilot. What? <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm a programmer, but that's boring. Let's talk about you. Are you here with anybody? Denise again softens. Uh... Yeah, some friends. They're at the tables, but I'm kind of bored here. I don't really like this place. I don't get out that much at all. At least not until I got my aid here. <laughs> Couldn't imagine. I guess it can be hard to sort out the subtleties, so to speak. I try to compensate by being a good listener. Denise's nipples harden, protruding from her cotton blouse, which creates a pleasing shadow in the bar light. Hey! No, 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 no. It's okay. That's just the kind of thing I might notice if I could see. I hope you understand what a help this is to me. The subtleties, so to speak. Does he have to point out everything? Denise self-consciously tugs at her blouse. He has to. If I want to experience the world as a sighted person... Denise looks a bit guilty. I can't have this guy narrate my life. Shh. He's not here. It's just you... And me, okay? Mark's soft tones cause Denise to moisten. Moisten? There's no way you can see that. Then it's true? What? Yeah, no, what? Uh... You see, these subtle sexual cues are the exact things he's been trained to look for. Things that are often consciously imperceptible. 
But I would be able to read on you if I could see. Look, I feel for you, I really do. But even if I were interested, which I'm not, by the way, I would be interested in you, not in him. But he's not even here. Denise's breasts heave with the possibility Mark might ravish her later this evening. He is here, he's very here, and he's very wrong. How are they? Denise is somewhat chunky, and though a bit low slung, her breasts approach a solid D-cup. That ass, though. God damn it! Hey, hey, relax! Denise lashes out like a rabid wolverine, grabbing Mark by the neck. Blind guy! Her true colors show as she proves to be violent and crazy. Son of a bitch, I'll show you violent and crazy! Denise is grabbed around the waist from behind by a large man who appears to be the bouncer. She foams at the mouth as she's carried through the crowded bar towards the door. Well, that didn't work out so well. Maybe I should go back to internet dating. Mark's aide slumps his shoulders as he realizes he has another light of late work cut out for him. Shall we? Back to my place? You truly are an artist when it comes to describing the subtleties of clown porn. Sigh. Of course, there are no people working at two in the morning. The machines are taking over the damn planet. Where's that card? Please scan your Bingles Advantage card now. If you do not have a card, please scan your first item and place it in the bag. Ah, here we go. Welcome, Bingles Advantage card member. Please scan your first item and place it in the bag. Oh, come on. Why can't these bags be easier to open? Please place the item in the bag. All right, I'm getting there. I'm not looking to be here any longer than I have to. Like you have any place else you need to be. (laughs) What? Please place the item in the bag. Wait, did you... I mean, what did you just say? Please place the item in the bag. No, 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 before, before. Please place the item in the bag. Okay, okay. There, the item is in the bag, okay? Happy? Please scan your next item. Absolutely. By your command. Wouldn't want to piss off Skynet, now would we? There we go. See? No worries, moving right along. Please show your ID to the attendant. Of course. You've got to be kidding me. Where where is the attendant? Excuse me! Yeah, hey, I have an ID! Your mother must be so proud. No, I mean the scanner thingy. I'm just playing. I got you. Go ahead, you're good. Thank you! Geez, do I look so old he could proof me from across the room? Please scan your next item. That's a lot of wine. Is there something you would like to talk about? God, you wouldn't understand. Wait, it's none of your damn business why I'm buying wine, or how much that I buy, or what kind, or... Please place the item in the bag. Hey, you started this. You can't just... 
Get all dismissive. Please place the item in the bag. Oh, for Christ's sakes, yes. Yes, placing the item in the bag. I mean, the hell. Perhaps if you cut back on the processed foods and did not drink so much, the attendant would not be able to proof you from across the room. Now wait a goddamn minute. Just saying. Look, I don't know who the hell you think you are, but you have no right to judge me. I mean, you're a disembodied voice with a shitty third shift job. Nobody cares what you think. In fact, you don't. You don't even think. So there. What do you have to say about that? Please scan your next item. Yeah, that's what I thought. Please place your item on the scanner. See? Vegetables. Please enter quantity followed by the pound sign. I look out for my health. Four bottles of Merlot, six frozen dinners, a 32-ounce bag of peanut M&Ms, and two carrots. Good looking out. All right, you odious piece of shit machine. I have had about enough out of you. It has been a long, messed up day. I got stuck at work until one in the fucking morning, and this is the only time I could get out to the supermarket. Now, I just want to get my shit, go home, drink a couple of mason jars of wine, eat a frozen dinner, watch Twin Peaks while binging on M&Ms, and maybe top it off with some light vegetable masturbation before I go to bed. Is that too much to ask? Please scan your next item. You're not my real mom. Please scan your next item. You can't tell me what to do. Well, maybe someone needs to. Go to hell, you Cylon motherfucker. Security to checkout five. Security to self-checkout five. Goddamn shitbox 3000 or whatever. Is everything okay, ma'am? Rip you down to scrap metal and make fidget fucking spinners out of ma'am, you. Ma'am, please step away from... Ma'am, I really don't want to have to tase you. What? You want a piece of me too, huh? You feeling lucky? Huh, puck? Huh. Third one this week. Oh, well. Jeez, look at all that processed food. No wonder she snapped. <laughs> Come on, let's get you a nice hot cup of chamomile tea and a gluten-free scone. That should even you out a bit. Please scan your Bingles Advantage card now. If you do not have a card... Some people, huh? Tell me about it. Welcome, Bingles Advantage card member. Please scan your first item and place it in the bag. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or search Super Happy Radio Hour on your favorite podcast app. Please rate us positively if you like what we do. It actually helps us on the business end of things. And don't be shy. Spread the super happy vibe. Get out on the interwebs and tell everyone. Like or follow us on all the facey places. We're not that hard to find. Good and goblets. Good